Welcome to the July episode of International Voices. My name is Udo Fluck. I oversee the office of Arts Missoula Global, and I am the host and moderator of this podcast series. International Voices is a monthly podcast brought to you by Arts Missoula Global and The Trail 1033. I started the International Voices podcast back in the spring of 2020. To listen to episodes from the last three years, please visit artsmissoula.org, click on Global and Cultural Affairs, and visit Radio and Podcasts. My guests for this July podcast are five members of the seven-member delegation from Missoula's sister city, Palmerston North, in New Zealand, who visited the Garden City last month to commemorate the 40th anniversary of our sister city connection. I would like to welcome to the studio the mayor of Palmerston North, Grant Smith, Mr. Jerry Sherman, chief executive officer of the Central Economic Development Agency, Mr. Raleigh Fitzgerald, Maori ward councillor and Rangitani representative, Mrs. Gabrielle Loga, the international relations manager, and Miss Kate Herridge, the international relations and education advisor. Thank you all so much for being here and for your willingness to talk about how sister cities do not only benefit their city governments, but bring many advantages to the academic, economic, and tourism sectors as well. With five international guests in the studio today, this podcast also sets a record for the most studio guests in one podcast recording since the start of the podcast series in spring of 2020. The monthly International Voices podcasts in 2023 are exclusively sponsored by Orr McDonnell Law, advocates for all personal injury, family law, and landlord-tenant matters. It is my great pleasure to introduce to you the mayor of Palmerston North, New Zealand, Grant Smith. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, kia ora, Uro, and uh, thank you for the opportunity to be here. Can you tell us a little bit more, um, Grant, about the sister city idea? When did it start and and how? Um, what's, the, what's the goal of a sister city relationship? Well, if you go back to the 50s after the Second World War, it was actually President Eisenhower who, who, who promoted people-to-people connections. Right. He didn't want to see uh, what, what the conflict that had happened worldwide. And there was the potential with Cold War and Korea and everything else uh, happening. So he promoted uh, where governments could certainly do stuff together. Right. Actually cities that could do it so much better because um, they didn't have the political sort of changes that would occur in governments. So all of a sudden there was these city-to-city, town-to-town connections. They call it twin towns in Europe. It's more sister cities in in the rest of the world. And around 40-odd years ago, um, the universities um, in in Missoula here, uh, in Montana, and Massey University in Palmerston North connected. And it just started with um, some researchers, some uh, university professors. Harold Harold Bockermuhl. Yeah, and then it grew from there, and it grew from there. And, of course, it's uh, now um, just tipped 40 years, and it, um, it's more than just the people-to-people connections now. We've got, uh, uh, we've got the arts, we've got sport, we've seen rugby starting to blossom here in, 
in, in Missoula, Montana, and of course um, New Zealand's famous for its All Blacks. And we, we think we can uh, we can we can do a bit of uh, a bit of bit of cross pollination, bit of uh, collaboration uh, in things like um, uh, business. Um, we've got great indigenous um, peoples in our land, so the Maori um, in New Zealand, and uh, I'll let Councillor Fitzgerald speak about that. Um, he's uh, he's of Rangitane descent, and. Uh, they are our people of uh, the mana whenua or the people of the land. Uh, but also, if you think about the education, and then Kate will talk about the education, the economic side, uh, Jerry's here to uh, to try and get some uh, um, some connections, some business connections going. And then uh, Gabriel can just talk about the, the stuff that we've been doing together from, from Missoula and Palmerston North. Now, one might say with technology and certainly through uh, the, the COVID time, um, there's Zoom. Why, why can't these sister cities communicate via Zoom? And why is it important that these people-to-people uh, -people, uh, diplomacy connections are done in real settings and not virtually? Well, I suppose you just think of your own family. You know, you can have Zooms with your, your brothers and sisters. And, and don't get me wrong, you can do that. And there is an element of that that does carry on. Um, but it is, it's always great to see people face-to-face. -face. I mean, when you want to do a business deal, it's so much better to try and um, face the client or, or, or the organisation that you're right. trying to do something with. Right. And that's the same with sister cities. So we have a, a policy of trying to do as much as we can, um, uh, you know, either online, uh, Zoom or Teams. But we like to get to see our partners at least once a year. Um, and if we have a business or a school or students, or a sports team, um, or a business, we'll try and get them to come and promote the, the relationship as well. So we can do it multiple ways. Right. But I agree, um, what I have observed uh, since the legation has arrived, um, the warmth that uh, is happening when people greet each other, mm. uh, when they hug each other, when they shake hands, mm. um, I am still uh, very touched by the traditional Maori greeting, mm. um, something like this wouldn't work on Zoom. You could not explain no. uh, how, no. how this, this yeah. would work in a virtual environment. Yeah, there's those intangibles. Um, and look, I, we're, we're old friends now. We're 40 years of, of relationships and our values of uh, Missoulians and Palmerstonians are very similar. Um, we... Um, we understand how everybody um, how everybody works, and uh, you know I feel like uh, this could be you know it's quite a it's quite a natural second home, right? And uh, and it's interesting to you know, walk around the street and people hear the accent and they go oh the Kiwis are in town. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we have got and there's so many connections here. It isn't funny, you know the the tennis pro down at the Missoula Club. He's a Kiwi. We've met so many Kiwis at the university, a few Kiwis we've bumped into in town. Um, you know, even even the lady that was serving us pizza at the pizza bar the other day, she was a Kiwi. So, I mean, they're everywhere. So they're probably outnumbering the Missoulians. So. <laughs> and there are many um, similarities between uh, our two cities as far as size, as far as uh, um, a river running through it. Mm. as far as uh, both cities were founded in the same year. Mm. So 
there seem to be many connections in many different ways that um, have made it possible to have this connection, not just for a couple of years, but for four decades. Absolutely. I mean, we're both mid-sized university cities. You're at an, you know, a crossroads with rail and, and air and uh, motorways here. We're the same in, in the lower North Island of New Zealand, uh, centrally located. V- virtually the reason we existed was the establishment of the, the railways. And first, the first railway in New Zealand uh, came from Palmerston North um, down to Wellington, our capital. So we're, we're very similar to you. We've got we're, we're universities, we've got rivers running through us, you've got the Clark Fork here, and we've got the Manawatu River um, running through us. Um, our, our sizes are, are similar. We're perhaps a little bit larger, but only only just. And uh, and we've got a lot of young people. I'd have to say I'd love some more craft breweries like you guys have got, <laughs> but uh, we're working on that. And so that's that's one thing we've even collaborated in as well. Right. One, one of our, our our brewers came to Missoula, and we cra- he crafted a beer with his his colleagues here. And it was a joint Palmy Missoulian beer. The ingredients were from both places, yeah. I recall, and it was called the Sister City Beer. Yeah, two thousand nineteen. Yeah, and look, our indigenous people have got connections as well. We've just been at the university, and we've really felt the Native American and uh, Rangitane Maori connections, and it, you can just feel it. It's natural, right? The art, the language, the cultures. Uh, the, the stars, the, the connection to the land, understanding of grievances, all of those things were, were similar. Right. Mm. And this is so wonderful to have Raleigh Fitzgerald here um, in the delegation as well. Um, Raleigh, welcome to Missoula. And uh, um, please tell us a little bit about yourself and what, um, what you have found interesting uh, being here. Um, what your motivation was to be on the delegation, and pretty much anything you want to talk about. Oh, kia ora, Yudo. Uh, tuatahi firstly, e mihi whanuane kia koutou te mana whenua uh, o Montana or Missoula. So a very big warm greeting and a thank you to all the tribes um, of the state. Uh, we learned today that there were 13 tribes, particularly to the Salish Kootenai people um, and the Blackfoot people who we've met during our delegation visit to the city. Uh, so we always firstly thank the people of the land first, and it works across most Indigenous cultures, um, but also certainly to today, today to Trail 103. Thanks for having us in the studio. Uh, it's a huge honour to be part of the, of the Mayor's delegation, uh, but if I could just step back and acknowledge um, our Mayor Grant Smith, who some years ago, not too distant years ago, um, had the big heart to open a discussion about allowing the missing voice that was missing from our council chamber in Palmerston North and perhaps most chambers around our country of New Zealand. And with some support of his uh, council colleagues of the time, that opened the discussion to recognise that the voice of the people of the land was actually missing in the council chamber. Um, So that just steps me up to being hugely thankful to the mayor and the councillors of the time and my supporting councillors of today who have welcomed uh, myself and my cousin Debbie Marshall-Lobb, who's been appointed Deputy Mayor, um, giving us the opportunity to bring our tribal voice into the council and make contributions to all council decisions. Um, it's just a wonderful thing to be part of. And you have had specific interest um, in, uh, in Native culture, 
in Missoula in in Montana, and you have in the last couple of days connected to uh, Native American leaders and Native American artists that um, that have had a chance to uh, to interact with you and learn about your culture. How much cultural similarity is there between uh, the Native people in Montana in the United States and uh, and the Native people of New Zealand? Yeah, thanks, Shooter. And you know, I was expecting there to be similarities. I wasn't prepared for the um, the amount or the level of similarity. So we've just had a beautiful session uh, with Michelle Guzman, who daughter Willow, um, and some of the Native American students who took us through. A, in the planetarium, the story of the stars, um, and from the northern hemisphere, our story in the southern hemisphere, right. whilst is a different narrative, right. it speaks to the same values and connections right. and those values that the tribal people in this area have to the stars. And you're referring to the planetarium at the University of Montana, just so the listeners know, yeah, um, yeah. which uh, is in the Native American Center on campus, and I don't know... Uh, the 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 times when public viewings are, but um, that was today um, a guided uh, a guided viewing, and I've been to it with my family, and I found it very interesting um, sure. to uh, to learn about uh, the stars and the constellations and and. Uh, yes, and if I could just acknowledge um, uh, my tuakanda, and it's a, a Maori word to it to pay someone respect who you consider an older brother, not just by age, but uh, by stature. And his name's uh, Professor Horney Morris from Mass University, who's also part of our delegation. Um, because between the both of us, we were able to add some of our Māori tribal um, narrative right. to the same story that oh, we wonderful. just received um, from the Native Americans at the planetarium at the university. Wonderful exchange. Um, and on Sunday, we were very privileged. Um, I was certainly very privileged to be able to bring with us on this trip um, a carved patu or a media, which is a club. Um, what it was used for wasn't nice, but what it represents now is a connection between peoples. So we were able to gift that to the city of Missoula, um, to Montana. But the beautiful thing about that ceremony is that the mayor's office here, Jordan's office here, allowed for... Um, one of the Native American um, historian locals to start that process, and it's it's really significant to our tribal cultures across the world right. that the First Nations people of the land get to open all the proceedings as they should, because right. they become the host. It's like walking up to the front door of someone's house; they open it, they greet you, you shake hands. And I found it so interesting in the last couple of days to learn about the connection that you have to the land. And I was uh, touched by when I learned that the placenta, as an example, um, is given back to the land as a bringing back of what nourishes the land or what has nourished the baby to grow in a, in a woman's womb, that, that there is this this very hmm. foundational idea of giving back and reconnecting to the land that, uh, of course, as a, a non-native person, I wasn't sure. raised that way, but um, one can always learn. And so uh, this was yeah. very interesting. Yeah, and we've got quite a few of those unique 
um, aspects of our culture. Right. Um, that particular one, the, the Māori name for land uh, is whenua. Right. Um, the Māori name for the baby's placenta is also whenua. And what connects them to is that we believe that one, we actually don't own any land. The land nourishes and sustains us and it's our duty to care for the land. Um, and when we're talking about climate change and all those really big topics that are prevalent around the world now, right. one could argue that we, as, as a people of the earth, haven't really cared for our land that well. Um, and so the land in our Māori culture, we refer, we personify everything actually. So the land in our, our New Zealand area, we refer to her as Papa Tuanuku. So she's a female as right. well. She nourishes all of us that are living on top of the land. Right. And by giving the baby's placenta back to her sure. um, is that acknowledgement that we, would be, we wouldn't exist without her. Right. And I think that that importance of that stewardship of the land is something that is good to remember and to refresh mm. one's own memory once in a while is to say that there's a responsibility for the land and to care for it. Yeah, there's a particular line in one of Sheridan's movies, 1883 or 1923, when one of the Indian actors, American Indian actors, said, I get it when I lose my horse, I get it when I lose my blanket, but I don't get it that we've lost our land because it's still here. Right. Well, thank you for, You're uh, welcome. for sharing that and thank you for being here and um, for uh, sharing your culture with all of us. Thank Kia ora. you, Rod. Thank you, um, We'll hand it over to who's next in line. We are a, a, a studio uh, with basically uh, seven people today, one sound engineer um, and uh, five guests. And so Jerry Sherman um, is next on the microphone. Jerry, can you tell us a little bit about um, what you do in Palmerston North? and um, how you have connected to uh, this visit. Hi, Udo. I was wondering there how you're going to segue from placentas to economic development, but you've done that very well. Um, so, look, I'm Jerry Sherman. I'm the CEO of the Economic Development Agency. So I guess at its sharpest point, it's about bringing high-value jobs to the region. Um, stop laughing over there. So, look, um, <clears throat> so and that can be in lots of shapes or forms. So... At its longest project end, that could be a 30-year project, so we're talking in the city in the region about our central New Zealand distribution hub. Um, that conversation started, we've tracked it back with Mayor Grant and his archives to the 1930s was when this was first mooted. Um, and we're now looking at how we can bring that forward, and that's currently got a 30-year horizon. Um, and it could be also as, as critical and as emergent as a COVID response. So with businesses going through tough times at the moment, right. um, you know, there's a bit of that aspect as well. Um, so one of the great things about coming over here for us is we get to see how other jurisdictions, other countries deal with those problems or deal with those opportunities. So we've been taken, um, the people who came here in the 2018 delegation, um, when we came out of our hotel and looked down what we now refer to in our delegation as a hotel precinct, just how quickly over the five years since the previous delegation was here, that's emerged. Right. Um, and similar cities as Mayor Grant was talking about in terms of, you know, um, locations close to the river, um, um, a, a sort of outside of the city bounds, there's lots of agriculture going on. Right. Tourism's important. So they're all important things to us as well. 
Um, so look, we've um, had some great engagements and some more to follow with the economic development agencies, the tourism bodies. Um, you know, we're meeting with council tomorrow. So there's all those fantastic connects. And if I can just put a, a bit of a, I guess, a line in the sand around that people-to-people diplomacy, um, we've just started discussions uh, in this week by going into coffee shops and talking to people about what do they have in their coffee shops or what do they have in their, you know, their, their stores. Right. And we've had emails back today from those people saying, hey, look, let's start small, let's bring in some product from either country, stick it on a shelf, see how it goes, move to half a container, move to a container, and who knows where that goes. So all of those um, discussions and things start from actually being in a location. You cannot do that um, by not being in that location. Right. So again, it's that... Um, one-on-one interaction with other individuals that allow to identify the need mm. and then to respond and yep. to say we can mm. we can take care of that mm. we can oh. send you product we can yep. uh, see if you can move it and if you can move it we send you more mm. well, another great example we um, met up with the maggots rugby team for a hungy they put down a hungy a couple of days ago and we met with a a, a student whose dad parents came from New Zealand, uh, they're coming out to New Zealand next month for a holiday, uh, the daughter wants to do vet studies, um, so we're going to arrange for them to have a meeting with the head of the veterinary sciences department at Massey University, and you cannot do that unless you attend a maggots barbecue, so it has to happen, there has to be, there has to be that, that people-to-people you know, contact, right. it just cannot happen without that. Now I have to ask, Jerry, uh, most barbecues around here uh, include hamburgers and hot dogs, can you explain what was prepared for um, for that evening for the delegation? I'll do my best, and if Rolly needs to step in to help out, we'll get him to do that as well. But uh, New Zealand traditional hungi is an underground um, way of cooking. So one of the members of the rugby club did all his due diligence and learned how to do this using YouTube and looking at how it's done. Um, so they put down a fire pit with hot rocks and parts of a motor, and it was a fantastic meal, and in it was pork, um, I think there was some lamb in there, vegetables, and it cooked for I think five hours they had it down there for, Right. and they popped it up, and I think there was a genuine concern from the delegation that this could go bad, the food was absolutely amazing, so I think Honey and um, Rolly are already going back to their iwi with that message that they need to put more car motor parts into their hungies in future. Now again, I'd just like to avoid confusion um, with the uh, listeners. The car motor parts, the the engine parts, were there because they needed to maintain the heat to cook the food. So we're talking about the big the cast iron block yep. that once it's heated up, it radiates heat yep. Yep. for hours. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. Um, now this was done in a private residence, yep. uh, not in a city park. Absolutely. And uh, <laughs> yep. so this uh, this must have been quite an interesting. Um, experience uh, for all of you. How often do you have a traditional meal like this back in New Zealand? Is there, is this something that only happens a couple times a year or is this something that could happen once a month? Well, for me, that was my second one in my life, but I know that um, Rowley and others would have had them many, many, many times. So it's, it depends on how often you get the chance to go to them. I've loved both of the ones I've been to. They're very spiritual, very connecting, you know, sharing food together is all part of the Māori culture. So it's, it's, it's a really special occasion to be able to be part of. And I know that the people around there at that event just thought it was fantastic. Yep. Great. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. One more follow-up question I have. What are some of the things that you have 
identified in your area where you would say this is something where um, we could follow up because uh, there is an interest or a need for a specific product, other services too, or is it only product oriented? In terms of between the two cities? Yes. Yeah, look, I think the one that stands out remarkably well is trying to share our connections around tourism and visitor sector. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've got two um, hidden gems, to be honest, and and I know that a lot of us would like to keep it that way because we love what we have. Right. But um, we have a thing in New Zealand called Taiaki Promise, which is the New Zealand Tourism Board's um, um, new move about bringing high value tourism to our region, which is people who um, come and take photographs and only leave footprints. So it's looking after the you know the very special treasures that we have, which is the place where we live. Um, and I think there's a lot of easy wins with being able to get our two cities to understand the possibilities of actually um, visiting each other and and being able to pick up on the beautiful scenery and things to do. Um, is there a, a film or a TV? Uh, series uh, or anything that uh, people in New Zealand learn about Montana is how do they learn about Montana or is it reading books um, uh, how watching the Discovery Channel how what do they do depends on how high into the mural chambers you are a mere grant watches Yellowstone religiously um, I'm going to binge watch it on the plane on the way back um, but look, there's exposure all the way through. Um, you know, like we, just going back to the wonderful experience we had with the maggots, um, when they started talking after the game, I found out that they had, uh, my old university professor was the coach of the team in the 70s, and then one of his students was one of my professors in the 80s, and then one of my colleagues came over and coached in the 2000s, I think. So there's all of those connections where you can, through, I guess, just understanding each other's cultures and working through what we can offer each other, you just pick it up that way. But of course, YouTube's always a handy second option. Wonderful. Jerry, thank you so much. And thank you for sharing all of the information with the listeners. Um, I'd like to go to Kate and then learn a little bit more about um, the educational uh side of things, because as we have said, a sister city relations are not just something that happens on the mayor to mayor level of a city, but it has actually many arms that go into these many different areas. And then bring it all together to international relations, because there is sort of this catalytic function of bringing it all together. Um, so welcome, Kate Herridge. Uh, you um, have had the opportunity to um, talk to faculty members, to deans, to um, leaders in our community that are connected to education and specifically international education. Um, tell us a little bit more about your experience, please. Yeah, so um, kia ora, and this is my second time on one of your podcasts, so um, I want to thank you for inviting me. I obviously didn't do too bad a job the first time, but um, yeah, this is my first time in Missoula, and um, it's just an absolute pleasure to be here and have met with the people that I have. Um, just a, by way of background, I have the International Education Portfolio at Palmerston North City Council, so my role on this delegation is representing our education providers in Missoula and um, looking for opportunities and ways to connect in education. So yeah, I've been really fortunate um, to meet with some really terrific people. So I have been talking to Udo for a year and a half now about his global program that he delivers into schools at a K through 12 and then also a university level through Arts Missoula. So I've been able to um, observe him delivering this class at Jeanette Rankin School. Um, 
to a lovely group of second graders um, and it's just so terrific to get an understanding of pre and post testing and the importance of um, making children aware of global competence from such a young age. Um, I've also had the pleasure of going up to the Salish Kudney College and learning about um, the offerings that they have up there and how we can potentially um, connect them with some of our people back home in terms of course offerings, internships, placements, etc. Um, I've also met the wonderful people at Missoula County Public Schools. Um, for quite some time we've been talking about um, implementing a high school exchange, um, a three-week cultural slash academic um, exchange. And yeah, the people-to-people -people connections and actually being in the office with these people have, has made has leveraged the conversation. So, But you um, didn't stop there. You also connected with the people at the Missoula College, I understand, yes. and with the Global Engagement Office at the University of Montana. Yes, absolutely. So from you covered the, the whole spectrum. I know, yeah, I've been a busy woman. So yeah, from <laughs> there, um, we've been at the University of um, Montana, connecting with Missoula College and some of their more vocational um, two-year programs and how we can connect them with some of our providers back in the city, again, for internship and placement. And then just today, we've been hosted at the university, met with the Global Engagement Office because Massey University and the University of Montana have a formal exchange partnership. And then we've also met with um, some faculty, um, also um, Laurie Slovarp, who um, is a speech pathologist at the university, and how we can look at connecting in specific programs um, for her at speech and language therapy. Now, there may be people that might say, what is study abroad and mm -hmm. why does a person need to study abroad? Mm -hmm. um, you yourself uh, can speak on that because you have studied abroad. Could you tell us a little bit more about your own experience? Yeah, absolutely. So when I was in my second year of my undergraduate degree at Massey University, I studied abroad. So I came to the States um, in my fall semester and I studied at Northern Arizona University in oh, Flagstaff. Wonderful. And I must say being in Missoula is quite similar to Flagstaff, even in terms of the geography and also some of the architecture around the city. So I'm getting a real sense of home, um, to be honest, being here. But I really think um, that helped me grow as an individual. At the time I was living at home with my parents. Um, I hadn't been overseas by myself before. So applying for that exchange program and just jumping on the plane and landing and having to go to classes and live in an apartment with other students, which I right. hadn't done before, that right. really forced me to grow up real quick. And you just <laughs> and described the average uh, student that is a traditional student. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, that came later. But I think having an overseas experience as part of my qualification um, comes with a bit of security as well. You have university services around you that can support you. Sure. But Post-university, I really think it's helped to set me apart from other graduates in a competitive job market post-university, and it's something great to have on my CV. And I would think when you talk to students when you're back in Palmerston North, it's important for a student to know that you did not read that somewhere, yeah. that this is not information that you believe to be true, mm -hmm. but that this is because you experienced it that way, and you yeah. can actually speak in, I did this, and I experienced it, mm -hmm. and... I think that makes a big difference in selling this entire idea. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I think it gives a layer of authenticity when right. I'm going to speak oh, to absolutely. high school students, right. um, when I'm speaking to university students. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kate, for um, all of your interest and and for having truly covered 
the entire spectrum <laughs> um, where I think, you know, again, people might wonder, why is this important? Why can't this be done mm -hmm. uh, using uh, virtual technology? Mm -hmm. Well, you could have not had those experiences in observing a classroom. You mm -hmm. could have not had those interactions today or at the Missoula College mm -hmm if this would have been done in a virtual way. So this, again, people-to-people -people connection seems to be the, the important part. Um, before I jump off, um, can I just give a shout out to Laurie and Kevin Slovarp and their children, Luke and Brindley, who have so kindly opened their home to me during my stay in Missoula. Um, the rest of our delegation is staying at the wonderful Holiday Inn downtown, but I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be in their home. And um, this is what people-to-people -people connections is all about. So... And while I was wondering how we would thank our sponsors, you have just done this in a wonderful way. So thank you. Thank you so much. And, and uh, this, uh, yeah, this is just, um, I think, to have you here and to, um, to have you go back and talk about this to other students is just uh, a great opportunity. Thank you. No, my pleasure. Thank you. Of course. And now um, I'd like to hand it over to um, my colleague, Gabrielle Loga, um, and we have, and I just want to reconnect to Kate because you said it's the second time that you have been on International Voices. The first time was about a year ago, I seem to remember, when we did do this via Zoom. Yes. And it was different, wasn't it? I mean, it, it was very different. It was nice and it worked, but this, what's happening here in all of us being in one place, is really making the difference. So thank you for. Um, being back. No, thank you for having for having me for a second time and, and for having us as a delegation. I've got to say I, I have the easiest job, um, you know, uh, as international relations. Uh, what I guess my understanding of the role is, is that I have to um, go and look for commonalities, potential projects between uh, sister cities um, and and really sell it to our stakeholders so that uh, they will then um, proceed to um, bringing those connections to life. But um, it has been rather easy for me uh, when it comes to Palmerston North and Missoula because, well, uh, first of all, we have uh, the wonderful leadership and support from our Mayor Grant Smith. Uh, he has been a a driving force for this city-to-city -city, uh, partnership from the get-go. Uh, so I don't have to persuade our mayor's office about this initiative. Um, we have the wonderful hospitality of uh, um, the of Art Missoula and the city, and, and the, especially the people of Missoula. Um, so. I didn't have to go and investigate the potential of uh, connections, but everybody has been so welcoming and open and and curious about us that opportunities just come presenting themselves. Um, so that has not been hard for me. And then uh, last but not least, the delegates on, on our delegation this time, they also have been so embraced in the whole Missoula uh, hospitality that um, they have just been uh, really connected uh, to the city, to the people here, and even without me having to persuade them about 
you know, please pick up the opportunity here. They have done it themselves. And so all I have done this this entire visit has been cruising around and uh, really, you know, stepping back and allowing people to really just uh, connect people to people and, and uh, opportunity to opportunity. So thank you very much, um, Udo uh, and everyone um, for making my job easy. <laughs> well, you're very kind, Gabrielle. I know um, as a fact that uh, many of these things would have not happened if I would have not had you to communicate <laughs> with and to uh, adjust schedules and to change arrival and departure times and to make sure that we're all uh, ready to go where we needed to go. So I appreciate um, the collaboration with you very much and have over the last uh, year and a half uh, that we have been virtually uh, uh, interacted on Zoom. Um, so this, but it's again, it's so different to, I mean, you can have all the Zoom conversations you want, but when you actually sit with a person and have a coffee and you look at them and you get a lot of facial expression, mm. you get uh, a lot of information that is lost in an electronic communication. Mm. And that what I think is what I so appreciate is this interaction that we have had with the entire delegation. And you're right, there is a certain um, team spirit, perhaps, within yes. the delegation that uh, that is uh, very unique and so important um, to bring it all together. And so thank you for all the work you do um, guiding along international relations. And um, so I think we'll bring it back yeah. to Mayor Grant Smith yeah. um, to talk perhaps a little bit more about um, the the benefits of Sister City Connections and where this might go, where you see it go in the future. Yeah, thanks. Um, <clears throat> thanks, Udo. And look, I think all the all the delegation members have spoken about their uh, their roles and their and the parts that they've had to play. I mean, Jerry spoke about some opportunities, uh, business opportunities, and I think they are genuinely are two to three uh, genuine business opportunities which we're going to follow up on. And I think uh, I think we can get them over the line. Kate spoke about the educational, um, uh, international education opportunities. They've existed for quite a while, and and you know we have to work that continually, and not only from a school level and and getting those sister schools sort of going together, but right through to the PhD level at uh, at universities and everything in between. Uh, we can't forget about the the opportunities for researchers and staff swapping as well right um, and that has worked in the past too um, Gabrielle spoke about the genuine you know we're good mates now you know after 40 years and and um, there's a level of un a common understanding and trust there so you know speaking to the mayor earlier today where um, you know we think we might be able to give some advice around housing and um, a bit of infrastructure stuff there maybe even the homelessness um, issues that exist, um, how we've been dealing with it or trying to deal with it, and it possibly could work over here in Missoula around a, a possible um, city shelter or city mission type uh, structure for the city. And um, I'm hoping Mayor Hess will sort of um, push on with that, and I'm I'm sure you'll see something probably coming in the future there. Um, the Indigenous side, real connections there, very strong. Yes. And I think we're going to see more and more students. There are already students. Um, moving across the two uh, varsities, but um, I think we'll we'll see staff starting to do things as well. 
But um, look, in, in, in all genuineness, I mean, things like how uh, downtown Missoula does stuff, how that can help our uh, city centre, um, the obvious business connections. Um, we think we've got a pretty live one, don't we, Jerry? at the moment? We, if we can get uh, that established in New Zealand, um, it may take off um, in, a, in a sporting sense. Um, uh, so, look, I think there's so many opportunities. You've just got to look back and pick what can we, what can we absolutely genuinely right. do and achieve in that time. Jerry touched on just um, the, the tourism as well. Montana is, jeez, um, you talk Yellowstone and everybody knows where Montana is. <laughs> and it's probably been a bit of a problem for the property market here because everybody, everybody wants to come but nobody wants to leave. Wasn't that the name of a song? Um, but, um, you know, seriously, I think there is, um, and, and look, Montana's got such great landscapes, reminds me of some parts of our South Island and the fjords, the, the, the mountains, the um, the lakes and everything else in between. And right. um, it, it, that's why we sort of, um, we probably feel quite at home because it does look a little bit like home. Sure. And vice versa, so many Mon- um, people from Montana want to go to New Zealand. Right. And uh, everybody said to us, if I had a dollar for every time they said, yeah, that's on my bucket list or I want to go to New Zealand. Right. I've heard so much about New Zealand. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of those comments, I tell you. So we're pretty we're pretty well matched. We're sort of it's like um, city Tinder, you know, just get together and, and see if you can make it all happen. Right. And uh, I think we're pretty close to doing that. Wonderful. Well, thank you all so much for um, you had a very full schedule and uh, for taking the time to come to the trail and to spend an hour with me. Um, I never had that many um, members in one podcast. So this is a, this is a record. And I uh, so appreciate uh, you sharing your individual areas that connected you to the delegation. And um, I wish you all the best and hope that uh, this Twin City connection will continue for many more decades. And we look forward to uh, seeing you all back in Missoula. Thank yeah, you so much. Yeah, thanks, Edo. If I could just finish off um, as a parting note, we just would like to acknowledge uh, the city of Missoula and also you uh, with Arts Missoula, Udo and Heather. Thank you for your hospitality. Um, and uh, we'll, we're certainly coming back. Well, it was a highlight for us. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the July podcast. My guests were five members of the seven-member delegation from Missoula's sister city, Palmerston North in New Zealand, who visited the Garden City last month to commemorate the 40th anniversary of our sister city connection. The monthly episodes in 2023 are exclusively sponsored by Orr McDonnell Law, advocates for all personal injury, family law, and landlord-tenant matters. Those of you who are regularly tuning in to International Voices know, being of German descent, I usually end with a German farewell. Dankeschön fürs Zuhören. International Voices is brought to you by Arts Missoula Global and The Trail 1033. This and previous International Voices podcasts can be found at artsmissoula.org and thetrail1033.com. 
If your interests are in global and intercultural education, programming, cultural and global competence and international affairs, we hope you join us again next month for another episode of International Voices. <laughs>